All right. Father, we thank you. We ask and we say there is illumination. The highs of our understanding is enlightened. There is no confusion in this atmosphere. Every heart can be OG as we see ourselves in you. There is clarity. There is light. There is precision. There is direction for us. In the name of Jesus. And we say we be OG as we see ourselves in you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. Let's finish our series on the spiritual growth. We call this spiritual growth. Let's finish our series on that and um, we'll pick it up from there next time. Probably we have a series two. Yeah, it's not probably. We're definitely going to have a series two. But let's let's see where we can put up a cap on this. Hallelujah. So we said spiritual growth um, is the development of the believer in Christ. Spiritual growth is the development of the believer in Christ. And we remember we started something and we said that... Um, the believer is born of the Spirit of Christ. He has the Spirit of Christ. And we said um, growth is a sign of life. And everyone just has to grow. So we said, and um, if you remember what we've been sharing in time past, we, we, we studied so many things, right? We studied that um, the believer has the Spirit of Christ. We studied parables. That growth is by God's word and by feeding on God's word and God's word alone. We've seen, um, we've seen so much. But let's, let's just kick it off from tonight and just say, uh, let's see what we can do tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. So spiritual growth is the development of the believer in Christ. It is not an option. And um, spiritual growth is not an option for you. It is a must because you have to grow. Just like you, you started in your elementary school, you grew to, some people started with preschool. You, start, you started from preschool to elementary school. What's the next one? Middle school, right? Middle school, high school. Then you're in college, from college. Some few do, your, you start from your junior. So sophomore. Freshman. freshman. Oh, okay, sorry. You start from your freshman, sophomore. your sophomore, your junior, then your senior year. Then after that, some of you can proceed to go to your master. Some people can proceed to go to your PhD. After PhD, I've been wondering, what's the next thing? Doctor. Nothing, are you? You're done? Huh. After PhD, is everybody doctorate. done? Doctorate. 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 PhD is doctorate. PhD is doctorate. After the doctorate, there's no more school, right? Wait, you mean you can be a postdoc. You can be a postdoc. So after postdoc, which one again? That's all. You can be a professor. After professor, which one again? Hallelujah. I would to God I would do my PhD soon. So when I'm done with my PhD, I'll be like, I'm done with school finally. Anything that has school. Uh, maybe, I don't think I might go that far. Hallelujah. So, it's, it's, so growth is not an option. You just have to grow. So just like you learned A, B, C, they taught you A, B, C is for A for apple, B for ball, C for cat, D for dog, E for elephant, F for fish, I for ice cream. Um, no, not I for you, I do. I mean I for ice cream. <laughs> uh, what's the next letter? J, J for Jacobs. Joy. No, no, not joy. <laughs> um, which other one? Um, F for... No, we already passed that. Different things. But then you grew up, then that, that was what you thought. You know, when you were younger, you thought that was just hard to school. That was just hard to... As a small child, you're just going, hey, for apple, B for football, C for anything, they said it is. And you just kept running around with those things. And you thought, that's hard to life. Well... You now grew to middle school, you found out that there is actually more to those things. They started telling you, if A is not, um, A is not aeroplane, then they tell you aeroplane is flying, you move from there, then you get to college. Then you see your math professor telling you, if, if A is not, if, if the boy moves from letter Z to Q, find S. Then you start wondering, where is S? Those evil causes that people like Noah is studying, you know? <laughs> you know, then you start looking and but you just have to grow. You have to do those things. So everyone in life has to progress and everyone just have to grow. Same way spiritually. 
you have to keep feeding on God's word. You have to grow. When you were younger, I believe some of you, the only scripture you knew was John 3, 16. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I believe those were the only scriptures you knew. Then probably if your parents were as religious as mine, they would ask you to learn Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You have to, I remember I was flogged for that, for, that, for that text because I have to know it. Why should you sleep at night and not know Psalm 91? Then the, we proceeded to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He made me to lie down in great pasture. He lead me beside the still water. He rest up. You know, you just have to grow. But now, you have to now feed on the word. That's why we studied the last time in 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 3. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 3. We studied the last line in 1 Corinthians 3. Look at Paul writing to the church in, in Corinth in 1 Corinthians 3. Same way spiritually, same way you have to grow. Look at in 1 Corinthians that he said, And high brethren could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. We studied this in the last, um, in the last sections we have. And it says, I have fed you with meat and not with meat, for even though you were not able to bear it, Neither yet now are ye able. So it means there are stages you have to grow up to. They, you have to grow up as a Christian. We can't keep baby feeding you as a Christian and telling you, oh, John 3.16, John 3.16. Now you should be responsible for teaching people John 3.16. Yeah. You should now be responsible for teaching people that. After so many years being a Christian, you just have to grow so it is not an option. It should be the believer's attitude towards God's word. Spiritual growth should be your attitude to God's word. Anytime you come for service, anytime you're studying on your own, feeding on messages, the major key thing on your heart should be that I want to grow. I want to study God's word. I need to grow my spirit, man. I need to grow. So the key is the and the word and the word of God is the key to spiritual growth. How much are you feeding on God's word? That's the question. How much are you feeding on God's word? The word of God is the key to spiritual growth because by the reason of God's word. We can study what the finished work of Christ is. We can study what we have in Christ, what God has done for us in Christ. In Philemon 1 verse 6, we saw that earlier as we were praying. Philemon 1 verse 6. Philemon 1 verse 6. Philemon 1 verse 6. We'll just um, look at Philemon 1 verse 6. It says that the communication of thy faith may become effectual by you acknowledging every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. So you need to acknowledge everything that God has done for you in Christ. So a promissory note, so we study what, what Christ has for us in the scripture. We will study from the law that the law has a promissory note. We study in this prophecy. We study from the prophets in the scriptures that there were prophecy and the fulfillment were found in the epistles. So, we just have to feed on Christ. You and I have to feed on Christ. Tell your neighbor, say, you and I have to feed on Christ. You just have to feed on Christ. You have to feed on what God has done. You have to feed on the reality in the written word. So, when we say grace, you know, some people will say, oh, this is the grace of God. This is the grace of God. Grace is the foundation. Grace is just the foundation. It's the building block. Is the color painting, the window frames of Christian faith. So it is not for salvation only. And then you so you know something is that a lot of us just like this personal salvation. We just want to say, Oh, I just want to serve God in the confines of my house, just um fucking thorns, read my Bible and just uh, I don't want stress. I don't want to mingle with people. I just want to be alone, just be isolated and just worship God. Do you know that you are really, really deceiving yourself? Because you can't grow with just staying on your own. You need a local church. We, we, said, we, we studied this as um, in time past. We can get our materials on those teachings. You need a local church to help you to grow spiritually because you can't walk effectively on your own. 
Hallelujah. That's why Paul said, in, I said Paul, sorry. The writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews um, 10, he says, Forsaking not the assemblies of the brethren, as the manner of some is, in us is, but we coming together, we just have to come together. That is also spiritual goal. You know, you drove this morning, you dressed up, you drove this evening, and you came here because you want to listen to God's word. That is growth. Hallelujah. That is you putting an effort to your spiritual life. That is you putting an effort. We prayed, we spent some time praying this evening before we listened to God's word. That is you putting effort. There are some people that come in five minutes before prayer, five minutes when prayer is about to be over <laughs> because they don't, want to, they don't want to receive God. They don't want to pray. <laughs> Hallelujah. We are going to catch them <laughs> soon. <laughs> so, we ought to go. Look at now. Let's see for tonight. Um, which I just have something very brief to share with you. Look at Second Peter three verse eighteen. Second Peter three verse eighteen. So, like I was saying, spiritual growth is not for salvation only. Then you just have to put make efforts. You have to make efforts. You have to make efforts. So now look at Peter's instruction in 2 Peter 3, verse 18. 2 Peter 3, 18. 2 Peter 3, 18. It says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Like I said, you know, a lot of people just shout grace 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 is the foundation grace is the building block we have to grow in grace you and i have to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our lord jesus christ our lord and savior jesus christ we have to grow that is why he said in first peter 2 verse 2 again first peter 2 verse 2 he says as newborn babes Desire the sincere meek of the word that ye may grow thereby. So it was more explicit that grace is God's word. Grace is God's word. So when you see somebody telling you, oh, we believe the message of grace, we believe the grace of God, grace is God's word. Because in 2 Peter 3, verse 18, it says, we should grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So when you are growing in grace, you are growing in the knowledge of Jesus. Now look at in Acts 20. Verse 32. Look at what Paul told them in Acts 20, verse 32. Acts 20, verse 32. Acts 20, verse 32. Acts 20, verse 32. says, Now, brethren, I commend you to the word of God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all of them that were sanctified. Now, this was Paul's closing remarks to the elders of the church of Ephesus. He was talking to them and he has spent... Now, this was Paul after he has spent three and a half years with them. He has spent three and a half years teaching those in Ephesus. And he was leaving them with a word and saying, You grow in the grace of God. So, the word of his grace, when it says the word of his grace... It means the word of his finished work, what God has done in Christ Jesus for us. Look at in verse 27. He says, I have not shown to declare unto you all the counsel of God. So he called it the entire counsel of God, at least the entirety of the written word. He has shown them and is now telling them, you will grow in grace. So you must take advantage of grace in his fullness. You must, you must. You must take advantage of grace in his fullness. You must be confident in the grace of God. You must keep feeding on God's word. Keep wanting to grow. What has God done in you? You must keep trying to learn. What has God done in Christ Jesus for you? What is, what is he doing in you right now? Now you are the son of God. Oh, now you have the spirit of God with you. Now you are the, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have to keep feeding on those things. You just have to keep feeding on those things. You have to keep feeding because grace bestowed gifts in men and men through men bring us to maturity. Men, true men, bring us to maturity. A lot of folks, um, 
the now a lot of people have called themselves, you know, in the in the Christian circle, we, we, there's some things we tell ourselves. We just say, ah, this one is a word man. This one knows the word so much, you know, things like that. But are they really growing in grace? Are they really growing in grace? It's not a competition of knowledge. When you have so much knowledge and your friend doesn't have your your responsibility is to help that person to grow. It's not to show off. It's not to show off and start saying, oh, I know the word more than you. I know the scriptures more than you. I can quote so many scriptures. Yes, you can, but can you help somebody successfully grow in Christ? Because everyone needs men. God has put the grace of God on men to help you, to help men, to help other men. The grace of God is on you right now to also help other men to grow maturity, to go to grow into maturity, to grow spiritually. God's grace is given to you to do that. Are you getting what I'm saying? So when you are teaching men God's word, when you are teaching people the word of God, you are helping them to grow spiritually. Hallelujah. That is your responsibility as a Christian. You help them to see God's word and it is that way. So, we just have to see that. So, it is our responsibility as Christians. You can't claim to be growing in God's word and be unruly. You can't claim to be growing in God's word and be rebellious. You can't claim to be growing in God's word and you, you are being puffed up. You can't grow, you know, the Bible says knowledge, knowledge puffs up. You're just very proud. You get to your class, your teacher is teaching. You just say, um, ma, um, I don't think what you're saying is right. Uh, you just missed the thumb right there, you know, things like that. And <laughs> it's just, who is that guy there? You know, there's a way you can say things. It doesn't say, please, man, I can explain better, you know, things like that. There's a way to talk. You don't just, oh, no, this or that. Don't be like me. When we're, when we're growing up in God's world, <laughs> I don't want to share you the stories. <laughs> I don't want to tell you what we did because we thought we knew the Bible. We knew the scripture. So anybody that is just preaching things on Facebook those days, we just have error, error, error. Why would you speak like this? This or that. You know, we're just abusing and insulting people. I've learned my lesson. I've learned my lesson now. You don't do things like that. Praise God. You don't do things like that. You simply teach God's word. You can teach God's word without castigating people. Hallelujah. You can teach God's word without, without calling sheets. Are you, are you getting what I'm saying? You can teach God's word without things like that. So you can't be unruly. You can't be growing and say you're unruly. You can't be growing and be rebellious. You can't even be growing in God's word and be unaccountable to spiritual authority. One of the signs of spiritual growth is that you are accountable to a pastor. You are accountable to spiritual authority who watches over your life who watches over your ministry, who makes sure that, okay, you are stable, you are steadfast, you are growing and abounding in the work of the Lord. That is the role. You, because as you are growing, there has to be somebody over your life. You, have, you just have to grow. How do you get to what I'm saying? That is spiritual growth. So you can't say you are growing spiritually and say you are accountable to nobody. Look at in, in, in this same Acts 20 verse 28. Acts 20 verse 28. Acts 20, verse 28, it says, Take it therefore unto yourself and to hold the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers, and to feed the church of God which he has purchased with his own blood. So the elders are to be responsible for feeding, that is, taking oversight over our lives. They are to be responsible. It says, take it unto yourselves and to the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. So, and to feed the church of God, which, and to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. So, they have, and those people, those elders are found in the local church. They are found in the local church. You read in Ephesians 4. Look at it in Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. Look at Ephesians 4. Look at Ephesians 4. Let's see. Let's, let's do a long read. Let's start from verse 1. Let's read to verse 14. Let's start from verse 1. I, bes I, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all loneliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, 
endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace there is one body one spirit even as ye are called in one hope of your calling one lord one faith one baptism one god and the father of all who is above all and true all and you all and unto us is given the grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he has said, when he ascended upon high, he left captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it? But he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth. Either the descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might feel all things. Now look at the verse 11, key emphasis. He says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, look at their responsibility in verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Verse 13, that we all come to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Look at verse 14. That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, cunning craftiness, whereby they lay in which to deceive. So, the work of a preacher, the work of the minister of the gospel, is to help you. Is look at it in verse thirteen. He says, he says, look at verse twelve. He says, by the perfecting of the saint for the work of unity. Look at it in verse fourteen, that you are no more children, tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. So the perfecting there, it means, the word perfecting there, it means to equip, to mature. So the spiritual gifts in the body of Christ, they are given for the grace of God. They are given and they, are, they have received the merit of the grace of God for us to help us grow up in Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? They help you grow up in Christ. They help you receive ministry. They help you grow spiritually. They help you understand God's word. They help you nourish God's word. They help you so that you too can go outside, preach the gospel, get more men saved, get more men filled, get more men study and, and grow up also. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is the role. Look at it in Colossians 1 verse 27. Colossians 1 verse 27. Colossians 1 verse 27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Look at verse 28. Whom we preach, warning every man, and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. That's very hard because Paul was saying that the ministry gifts or the role of a preacher, the role of the ministry gifts in the body of Christ, they are to present every man mature. My work as your pastor is to help you grow. Are you getting what I'm saying? Is to help you grow spiritually. That is my responsibility. To feed you with God's word. To ensure that you are growing spiritually with prayers. To ensure you are growing spiritually in the ministry of the Lord Jesus. To ensure that you are doing what God has commanded you to do. Are you getting what I'm saying? So that is the word. To present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So, and this is the basics of the instruction that was given to the church in Thessalonians. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12 to 13. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12 to 13. Spiritual growth. You see, we're taking a different tone this evening, right? It's different from what we've been studying the last three weeks. All right. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12 to 13. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 12 to 13. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them that labor among you and that are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Look at in verse 13. And to esteem them very highly in their love for their what? Work sake. And be, be at peace among yourselves. So we are to know and recognize our spiritual leaders. If we are to grow spiritually, you have to recognize who is over you in God's word, who is over you in the Lord, who is responsible to mature you, who is responsible to feed you God's word. Are you seeing that? You are to know and recognize that if you are to grow in God's word. So, and besides that, you are also to esteem them highly, regard them highly, because their work is to admonish us. 
Admonitions means to nurture us. That is, they are to feed you God's word. If I am here giving you, um, teaching you tips on how to, how to cook. <laughs> I'm giving you master, let's say you come to like a Saturday evening service like this. And all we are doing in Saturday evening service is master class on how to cook, um, how to cook Nigerian jollof because um, ah my Ghanaian friends are not here today. We would have said Nigerian jollof is the best. <laughs> you know, I just say okay, how to cook jambalaya. Have you guys eaten? How many of you have eaten jambalaya before? Right. The, that thing is so sweet. Oh my god! I should just, so we are just doing a master class Saturday evening service. Step one, you know, you can't even pray. Just imagine. <laughs> you are praying for wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God's word. And after that, the very first thing is how to make jambalaya. <laughs> you did not grow. <laughs> then you didn't come to service. Are you getting what I'm saying? That should not be done. So, I, you know that, I, I mean, I grew up in places like that where they teach us how to make soap. In evening services, they just teach you how to make soap, how to bake cake, how to how to fry meat pies, how to, you know, <laughs> and that's a service. <laughs> you are surprised. <laughs> you are just lucky. <laughs> that's a service. So imagine that's what we're doing. And, you know, some churches too don't make it okay too. We, 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 we feed a lot of people with so much, so much that they don't need. And I'm saying that in retrospect because uh, some people just, Let's 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 leave that. Hallelujah. Let's just let's just leave that. Look at Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13 verse 17. Hebrews 13 verse 17. Hebrews 13 verse 17. So the work of a preacher is to grow, to mature you. And that means the sole responsibility of your preacher, or the person that is over you, the Lord, is to make sure you are growing and studying God's word. Are you getting what I'm saying? Is to grow and study in God's word. So even if you are a pastor tomorrow, it doesn't mean you should not feed on God's word. You know, as pastors or pastors, you just get you can just get carried away and just say, Oh, because I have to teach people you, you are not feeding on God's word. Oh, because I have to pray for people, you are not praying on your own. You shouldn't do that. Are you getting one? You should have a prayer life, you should have a study life, you should have a personal relationship with God. Are you getting what I'm saying? You should have those lives. You should have a, a consistent fasting life because that is your that that is who you are. And but if you are not properly accountable to a spiritual authority who would look, look over you, you would just be thinking, "Oh, I can live my life anyhow. I can just go and do what I need to do." Then you just operate your ministry in the way you need to operate. That is not how it's supposed to be. Look at in Hebrews thirteen verse seven. Obey them that are over you and submit yourselves. Obey them that, are, that have rule over you and says, and submit yourself for the watch over your souls as they must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable to you. So to grow spiritually, we must obey and continually recognize the ministry gifts that are over us in the Lord. So, if you, are, if you want to grow spiritually, you need to recognize, this is who I'm listening to. This is who, I'm res this is, who is responsible over my life. This is who is speaking watch over my life. That recognition alone is enough way to grow. Because now, your life becomes stable. Your life becomes, your life is placed in a direction. Because you know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. It says, they will give account for and over your lives. They will give account for your lives. Are you getting what I'm saying? They will give account for your life. Just imagine the person you are following or the person you, that who is over you in the Lord is somebody who is on the internet. That person can't give responsibility over your life. That person can't give account over you because the person don't know you. The person does not recognize that you are submitting to the person. Are you seeing that? So the person can, you know, a lot of people just, they're just so funny. You talk to Christians, they tell you, who is your pastor? My pastor is um, 
what they mentioned the name of one popular preacher on the internet, they, and you are going to a church, and you tell them the, the name of your pastor is, uh, is on the internet. It doesn't make sense. Are you getting what I'm saying? You are going... You, so what, where do you attend every Sunday? Um, I go to this church. I go to... They mention the name of the church. So, and who is your pastor? He's on the internet. So what is the person that is doing every Sunday doing to you? <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? That alone is confusion. And that is actually very dishonorable. Because then, and that person is telling you, ah, are you okay? Are you fine? The, the pastor you're coming to church every Sunday is asking, are you fine? Are you praying? You're telling the person, yeah, I'm praying. The person is helping you. But the, somebody, your friends are asking, who is your pastor? Ah, I'm listening to that person on the internet. Why? Why do people do such a thing? Why do people do such a thing? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense because you just have to fix your life somewhere. Are you getting what I'm saying? It gives your life a proper direction. It gives your life a proper meaning because you can submit. The person can watch you and say, oh, have you prayed today? Oh, yeah, I have. Have you submitted your spiritual growth report today? Oh, yeah. How many, did you feed on God's word today? Oh, yeah, you have. Okay, did you go on outreach today? Oh, yeah. How many, do you even know how to talk to a soul? Do you know how to get somebody saved? Do you know how to get somebody filled with the Holy Ghost and you call yourself a Christian? If you don't know how to do that, you should sit in a foundations class. Are you getting what I'm saying? Do you know how to heal the sick? Have you prayed for the sick and say, in the name of Jesus, you rise up now and the person is healed? And your pastor is on the internet? He doesn't make sense. Submit yourself where you can grow. Are you getting what I'm saying? That alone is spiritual growth. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is spiritual growth. The person has rule and give account and can give account over you. It can give account of what they are not in the books you read. You can read a lot of materials and think, oh, because I know this person's material, I've read this person's book. Oh, that means this person is the one that is submitting, that is that is that I'm submitting to. Look at the scriptures. We've always said the scriptures must have play first priority in your life. Look at the scriptures in verse 17 again. Obey them that have rule over you. Look at what it says. And submit yourself for they do what? They watch over your souls. So you've read book of a popular preacher. You've read book of a preacher and you just think, oh, that person, I'm submitting to the person. Oh, because you just feel like there's a telepathy between you and the book you've read. <laughs> no. Who will watch over your soul? When you stand upon the judgment throne, on the last day, who is going to stand for you and say, oh, I know this person. This person was faithful in short service. This person does not come late. This person always come. Or if you are a pastor, the person always, this person does not miss his services. This person I know and I can vouch that this person is steadfast. This person is always doing the work of the Lord. You know, you can be like that. Who is going to vouch for you? <laughs> you know, you don't know there's going to be judgment seat. Ah, okay. <laughs> there is going to be judgment seat. Who is going to stand for you? Who is going to? So, because the place a rule over your life. That is spiritual growth. I know I'm, I'm, tell, I'm, I'm saying something that is a bit somehow, but that's the truth. I know this is not what you want to hear this evening. Hallelujah. <laughs> you want to hear that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You have the, you have the spirit of God with you. I know the, you are born of the Spirit. You don't want to hear that you have to be accountable. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I, I get that. I get that. I get that. It's okay. It's the truth. The truth is always painful. I know. So, you have to be accountable. So, if you find a sound and good local church, where you can effectively receive spiritual maturity, submit yourself there. Where you can grow in God's word. Where you can be taught God's word properly. Where your prayer life can be sharpened. Where somebody can place a watch over you. Where somebody can be effectively recognized and say, Oh, are you going on outreach? How many souls have you won this week? Oh, have you gotten filled this week? How many sick bodies have you healed this week? You know, I'm, you know, Things like that. How many, okay, how many hours did you pray? How many hours did you spend in God's word? Someone who is just accountable like that for you. You know, you need things like that over your life. You need things like that over your life. You do. 
So to claim, so to claim that there is none that is doing that, that's deceit. You are deceiving yourself. To claim that there is none, nobody doing that, watching over you, you are deceiving yourself. You can't say you are growing because you have an inconsistent life. You know it. You know it. And that's the truth. You know how you struggle to have a prayer life. You know how you tell yourself you want to pray tonight and there's a Netflix show that just does, it just, just doesn't hit. You just, ah, and I want to pray. Oh. Ah, you look at the time, 11.30, ah, 40 minutes. And there's always, every episode always ends with a suspension. Ah, I want to know what is happening next. You go to the next one. 3 a.m., you're still there. Ah, ah, you're checking that. You're not saying praying. You're watching the TV. You're not saying, You're deceiving yourself. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? <laughs> what if you have somebody who is watching over you that can tell you, off that TV now? Hope you know you're going to pray. And what is that going to benefit you? It is going to help you. <laughs> it is. Are you getting what I'm saying? It is going to help you. It is. Spiritual growth. Because God, see, the truth of the matter is, God is wiser than us. That is why, beforehand, he has placed all of these things in check. So that as we grow in God's word, as we grow spiritually, we find out this truth and we submit and adapt ourselves to it. So that way, every Christian can be effective. I tell people, I say, you can be a fervent and effective Christian if you have a watch over you. That's the truth. Imagine you have somebody checking up on you and asking you, did you pray today? Have you fasted today? Have you studied God's word today? Okay, how many hours did you spend, spend, spend on God's word today? Okay, what exact message did you listen to? Okay, if I ask you a question on this message, can you give me an answer? You know, things like that. Things like that. But you know the funniest thing is, we are living in a world where things like this are not common. And people will tell you, oh, no, I don't want anybody to be controlling me. I don't want anybody to be disturbing my soul. I just want to be myself and enjoy my Jesus. And this one says to Who is that going to benefit? Is he going to benefit me? No, I have someone who watch over my own soul. Yeah, I do. Who is that going to benefit? Am I happy for it? Yes, I am. I have a better prayer life because of that. I have a better study life because of that. I have an effective ministry just because of that. So, who is that going to benefit on the long run? It is you. It is going to benefit. Imagine you have somebody watching over you and saying, you are growing in God's word, making sure that you study God's word and you listen to a message in a day, take your notes properly, check your notes, do this and that. Okay, go on evangelism, preach the gospel to somebody, even if it is once in a week, even if it is twice in a week, get somebody healed. Imagine somebody teaching you on how to heal the sick, you know, how to minister healing to somebody, how to get men healed. You know, how would your life be? Think about it. How would your life be? How would your life be? But a lot of us want to claim personal spiritual maturity. It doesn't work that way. It really doesn't. So if you find a good local church, like I said again, a good local church, a sound local church, a church where they are teaching God's word, it doesn't have to be ours. You just have to know which one it is. It's Sound local church where you can receive spiritual maturity, submit yourself there. Tell your neighbor, say, submit yourself there. I know your voice are quiet. You don't like to hear things like this. I know, I know. You, want, you came here to hear, oh, I have the Spirit of God with me. I know you do. We studied that in the first three, three sections. We studied that, oh, you are, you, are the, you are growing in God's word. We studied the meat and the meek. You remember? We studied all of those. We studied parables. You don't need parables again. You don't want to hear spiritual maturity. You don't want to hear accountability. <laughs> it is his wisdom. Hallelujah. God's wisdom is the local church. I'll say it again. God's wisdom is the local church. You cannot thrive on your own. <laughs> no, you can See, God has decided. See, the local church has been from the Exodus. It has been like that. God's wisdom is the local church. 
it is not an association of friends and bodies it is not a club it is not um it is not a gathering it is not um uh, a, an association of oh let's just sit down and gist no god's local church is god's wisdom for you the local church is god's wisdom for you because it is designed for you it is designed for you that's why a pastor should sit down and effectively decide how men has to grow in the in this in this church because if it is not done, people will just come to church and everything they are just going to be doing is just to be dancing and dancing and dancing and dancing. Is dancing good? Oh, yeah, dance. But would that help you to grow spiritually? Your dancing will not help you grow spiritually. Hallelujah. It would. You go to some churches, they will, they will spend, they'll spend, um, they'll spend five minutes opening prayer. 45 minutes praise and worship. They will dance away their sorrows. Dance and dance and dance. 10 minutes, no, 20 minutes, testimony time, um, Bible reading, 5 minutes, drama presentation, another 15 minutes, um, special song ministration, 5 minutes, um, children presentation again, children will go, well, children has another presentation, 10 minutes, then they will say, let's quickly, let's quickly share the word of God very briefly, very, very briefly, very briefly. The church just boom. And someone said, That's the church. You just went for entertainment. <laughs> you just went to it. You just went for entertainment. Just very big. You just ate the word of God like, you know how you are sprinkling salt in the food. Just let me sprinkle so that the food will be sweet. Just ate the word very briefly. They don't even quote scripture. They just say, You know, brethren, brethren, the Lord is good. Brethren, brethren, brethren. You hear brethren like 50 times. Brethren, brethren, the Lord is good. It's Thanksgiving. You have to thank the Lord this service. You just have to thank the Lord. It's just a, that. Brethren, this is why we should thank the Lord. They will now go back. You know, they said there was no time. The pastor said there was no time in the word it says very briefly then they now go back to another special thanksgiving we are calling on the family of um family of mrs agubiade and mr agubiade joy oh yeah let's come <laughs> i don't know why it's your name that always comes to my wife <laughs> let's come and do things they didn't have time for the world the pastor didn't have time but they had time for another special thanksgiving another service is starting then after they finish that one we are calling on the baby dedication of <laughs> Sister Chiamaka Jacobs. <laughs> then they call Sister Chiamaka, the church, the old church, go from the other day. Go dance from the back, dance from the back, dance from the back. Then they dance again, dance, 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 and dance. Then they lift up the baby. What sex is the baby? A boy? I don't know why people are so. They say he's a bouncing, so the girl is not bouncing too. <laughs> I don't know, though. They lift up the body and say, Oh, Lord, we lift you up. Hallelujah. Then I come again. Um, our sister, Sister Inyade, she just bought a house. Oh, let's give, her, let's give God the glory. And there was no time for the world. No time for the world. That is a misplaced priority in the church. No time for the world. Then how do you expect your members to grow? How? That is why you find out that problems in those places keep increasing. They tell you, I, the day I knew there was a problem with some messages is the day we finished a 24 hours deliverance. You know, imagine they do deliverance for 24 hours. Is it? Yeah. They did deliverance in those places for 24 hours. And after the deliverance, they were announcing. Just like the way I'll give you an announcement and say, tomorrow's service is at 10. They were already announcing another deliverance section. Uh, so what did we do for 24 hours? <laughs> so what did we do? We just did foundation. So when we used to be in those churches, my mother, my mother used to do something. So let's say, because October in Nigeria then, October 1st is Independence Day. So they call it freedom service, and it's always a public holiday, just like we are preparing for July 4th now in America here. Now, so they say October 4th, um, October 1st is um, Independence Day, freedom service, that's a deliverance day. So, and luckily enough, they say firstborns deliverance. So we just finished one that day. 
So they are just giving announcement for, okay, we are leaving deliverance first, but my mother is sitting here, me, I'm sitting at the back, mother, Lord, well, hope you are here. <laughs> hope you are here. <laughs> prepare your time, prepare your time for firstborn deliverance. So what did we just do? The deliverance we did did not cover for firstborn. That's why it's, it's as though problems, problems in those places never end because they are not feeding on the right information. Remember, the pastor did not have time for the word. Why would you come to a service and there is no time for the word? That's how we went for one service too. They were teaching you, just imagine you are going for a service too and they are teaching you how to be successful in life. Is it good to be successful? Yes. But do you know, Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk can teach you that subject very well than the pastor. <laughs> Hope you know if Elon Musk started a master class on how to make it in America. Hope you know even the president might register. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Just imagine that's what you came to hear this evening. How to make it in life. Then, how did you grow in God's home? You didn't grow. That's not spiritual growth. You didn't grow in the knowledge of the scriptures. You didn't grow in the knowledge of, the, of Jesus. You only grew in the knowledge of life. Then your problem still continues. Are you seeing that? Imagine what I come to tell you here. Aspire to desire the aspire, the desire, and desire. And I have not even practicalized how to even aspire. You know, you need to ask those people, have you aspired? Okay, if you have aspired, is your name on the top 10 richest people in the world? Do you notice that those who teach those things, they are not on the top 10 rich people in the world? Check it out. They are not on the top 10 richest, because even the richest black man, Aliko Dangote, is not even among the top 10. Not to talk of people that are telling you, aspire to desire, the refire to retire, the this and that, I'll now go to a fire. <laughs> You didn't grow. Are you getting me? So the work of the pastor is to point you to the scriptures. Are you getting me? Hallelujah. It's to point you to the scriptures. The knowledge of Jesus. The knowledge of Jesus. Hallelujah. So God's wisdom is the local church. The local church is where you receive spiritual maturity. How you receive, because if you can grow in the knowledge of Jesus, honestly, I tell you the truth today. If you can grow, you will walk through life smoothly. You will walk through life peacefully because you understand all that it is. You have all the wisdom to move in life through God's word. God's word is our, is, is our tool. Hallelujah. So, it is, so the local church is the assembly of the saints. Under the watch of a pastor, under the watch of the man sent from God, the pastor, under the watch of the man sent. So the pastor and his ministers watches over you. As we keep growing, we have pastors who will watch over other people, we have ministers who will watch over people. That is the responsibility of a preacher. That is the work of a pastor, to make you grow in God's word. And this is the grace of God in action. Hallelujah. That is the grace of God in our show. So, God's gift, you must, you must learn to recognize that God's gift to you is your pastor. Hallelujah. See, all that you might ever need in life. I used to tell people, God doesn't come down to bless people. He uses men. And he has set men in the local church to bless you. He has set men in the local church to watch over you. That man who is watching over you, so that man who is ensuring that you are growing spiritually, is God's gift to you. Hallelujah. That's why the Bible says he gave gifts to men. We read it in Ephesians 4. He gave gifts to men. That means he gave something very precious to you. Imagine you see that as, oh wow, this is so precious to me. This must have been God sent for me. How do you think that? How do you think those who God has placed over your life, how do you think them? Do you treat them and despise them anyhow? Do you talk to them irrationally? Do you just despise them? Do you just, you know, do you just not regard them? Then you're not going to grow spiritually because they hold the key to your growth. You see why you should even spend time praying for them? 
Because if they are sick, you are not going to grow. Who will teach you God's word? <laughs> if they are not well fed, who will teach you God's word? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. That is the truth. So I admonish you this evening that we receive God's gifts to us. I don't know who it is for you, but to me, I know who God's gift is for me. You must learn to recognize it. You must. You must learn to recognize it. Those who labor, who spend day, night, praying over you, watching over you, ensuring that you are okay, ensuring that you are studying God's word, ensuring that you are going in God's word, you must, I admonish you this evening, that you learn to receive from them. When we can receive from the grace of God over their life, we also, we are growing in grace. We are growing in grace and we are established. So, I tell you this evening, as I round up this evening, stop acting like sheep without shepherd. Like in Matthew 9, when Jesus was saying, they go around like sheep without shepherd. Stop acting like sheep without shepherd. You have a watch over your soul. You can't just behave anyhow. You can't talk irrationally. You have somebody who watch over your soul. You must be a good Christian. A Christian is somebody who is worthy of emulation. Are you getting what I'm saying? You must. You know, that's why, you know, people respect, so, I'm not saying you should do it. That's even wrong to do it. You know, some people, because they fear their pastor, that's why they block them on social media, so that they don't see their post, so that they don't become the element of, of preaching <laughs> on Sunday. I'm not saying you should do it. Don't do it. It's not good. It's better to let them know what you're doing so that they can help your life. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, but stop acting like sheep without shepherd. Some claim Jesus is their pastor. How? Have you seen Jesus before? Have you? Some people say, I've met some people who say, I don't have a pastor. I don't want to submit and believe any man. Jesus is my pastor. Eh? Where is Jesus? Eh? Is, is Jesus, where is he? You can't answer the question. You don't even know where he is. Have you seen him before? Who is going to wash over your soul? Who is going to ask you if you have eaten? <laughs> Who is going to teach you God's word? Jesus? Oh, Jesus should have come to this service this evening. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Who is going to ask you if you pray? Jesus? He will come and whisper to you and say, Favor, stand up now, pray. Really? Has he done that before? <laughs> Just, someone say, because he's intercedent on the. Have you seen him, Mr. Sisney? <laughs> you know, in Romans, the Bible says, he's making intercession for all. So he's praying for. Has he prayed for you? He's praying for you, and your life is this way. <laughs> you know, say, Jesus is your pastor. Has Jesus taught you God's word before? Is it Jesus that taught you how to heal the sick? Is it Jesus that got you how to got you feed with the Holy Ghost? Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't be a sheep without shepherd. Tell your neighbor, say, stop acting, stop acting. like a sheep without shepherd. You don't stop acting. Stop acting. Jesus is nobody's pastor. <laughs> That's just a comedy stunt. When you see somebody telling you, this is my pastor, just say, uh-uh, you should go and register and sign up. Let Kevin Hart mentor you. <laughs> Jesus is nobody's pastor. He gives pastor to you. He gives God's gift to you. So you must learn to cherish God's gift over your life. Tell your neighbor, say, I must learn, I must learn to cherish God's gift over my life. I don't know who it is for you. I don't know. I, I cherish God's gift over my life. I place premium esteem over my life. I am not a sheep without shepherd. I don't move around living like a life of somebody who is not controlled, who is not accountable. I don't go like that. I don't live my life like that. Are you getting what I'm saying? Should that even shock you? Before this service, the person I submit to knows I'm in this service this evening. That is how it is. That is how it is. I don't live my life without that way. I am properly accountable. That is how a Christian should be. Hallelujah. Not that Friday evening when we call prayer meeting, you are in the club. What are you doing in the club? And you have the audacity to send your pastor a video <laughs> and say, chilling with the big boys. 
That's the sheep without shepherd. <laughs> when we are laboring in prayers, you are in the club. Hallelujah. He gives, he gives pastors to you. And when you are under one of those people, when you are under one of when when you are under a pastor, honestly, should I tell you, you are under Jesus. That is God's plan. That is God's wisdom. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is God's wisdom. That is God's plan for you. God's plan for you is that you are submitted to a local church. Most times. The only thing we give not to be accountable is just excuses. Oh, I'm busy. Oh, I have this. Oh, I have that. Because you just don't want anyone to watch over you. No one watching over you. Then you become unstable. You become unruly. The reason why the social media world is the way it is today, people just insult people, abuse people over it anyhow, is because they don't have a proper oversight over them. I don't believe anybody who I'm pastoring should go and insult people on social media. You can't do that. You've never seen me do that, so you can't. You can't go and insult people on social media. You can't go and put your mind on issues that is not, that is not your business. You have so much to do. You've not studied, you've not prayed in a day, you've not gone on outreach, then you have time <laughs> to, to go and look for what they did not call you on on social media. You can't do that. The reason why a lot of people just leave there is because they don't have a proper oversight. Or you are just going to post, Jesus is the only one. There's somebody that comes to explain. You can't explain. You just want to show that you have knowledge. And you have not gotten one so say. You can't do that. You can't do that in this place. You can't go and be showing knowledge. Wait, have, you, have, have somebody believed the gospel because of you? I say yes. I say yes to the gospel. Glory to God. To today, I want to follow Jesus. And they follow Jesus because of you. If no one has done that on the street, you can't do it online. <laughs> <laughs> because you're just trying to hide. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, you don't, you, so it helps you so that you don't become unstable. You don't become unruly. So, like I said again, one way to grow spiritually is submitting to spiritual authority. It helps you to be stable. It helps you not to become unruly. It helps you to control your speech. It helps you to control your thoughts. It helps you to control what you, you know. Just imagine you have somebody who you can text and say, I'm about to take this step. What do you think about it? Can you pray? And the person tells you, I don't think it's a good step. And you just listen. You know, how about that? That is what the local church is for. That is what the pastor is for. So a pastor should not be too busy for his members. That is why God called us to do what we are doing. Are you getting what I'm saying? You should not. Because it is your responsibility to submit and receive God's word from them. That's your responsibility. And that is God's wisdom for your life. That's God's wisdom for everyone. Yes, you are saved. Yes, you have believed the gospel. Do you have a place where you can properly grow? You look at it in the book of Acts. They functioned together. The Bible says they fellowship together. Look at it in Acts 2. Look at it in Acts 2 as I round off this evening. Look at it in Acts 2. Are you getting something? you learning something? I'm sure that's not what you came to service to learn this evening. Don't worry. I'm going to... We're going to go back to... Yeah, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus soon. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look at Acts 2. I know people don't like good stuff like this. Look at Acts 2, verse 42. And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Every, look at it in verse 44. All that believe were together and they all had all things in common. You know why? Because they were under a proper oversight. Peter was their pastor. Look at it in Acts 1 verse 14. Acts 1 verse 14. Acts 2, sorry, not Acts 1. Look at Acts 2 verse 14. But Peter standing up among the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and they that dwell, and be it known and hearken to your words. They, Peter was the only one talking. Everyone was quiet. You know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, was there too. 
Mary didn't stand up and say, sit down, sit down. I have something to say. You didn't carry Jesus. I know Jesus before you. <laughs> I was there in the incarnation. You met him after 30 years when he picked you. You know, Mary, the mother of Jesus, didn't do that. All of them all submitted their authority and their lordship at Peter. Peter became their leader. That is how the local church grew. You see the dissidents of Ananias and Sapphira. The local church was that way. When a problem happened in Acts 6, look at Acts 6. Peter spoke again. When there was murmuring in Acts 6, look at in Acts 6. Look at Acts 6. When, look at in those days, look at Acts 6 verse 1. In those days when the numbers of disciples were multiplied, there arose the murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrew because their widows were neglected in their daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is no reason that we leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, look ye among yourself, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost, and wisdom who we may appoint over this business. So in the local church, they move with proper accountability and oversight. Okay, they detected there was a problem here. They were able to fix it. That is the local church. And that is God's wisdom for your life. Hallelujah. So, one way to grow spiritually, like we said, you know, we, start, we said growth is a sign of life, right? You guys are quiet. I know, I know. It's a growth is the development of the believer, right? Yes. We said a believer is born by the Spirit. A believer is, grows by God's word, right? Now, this is God's word. <laughs> that one way you grow spiritually is you recognize God's gift over you. And I'm saying it again. The pastors that, 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 um, that feed you God's word, that teach you God's word, they are God's gift to you. Hallelujah. Yes. I don't know who they are to you, but they are God's gift to you. They stay and they watch over you. They, 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 they watch over your spiritual good. They make sure that you're growing spiritually. They watch your inside. They are God's gift to you. Hallelujah. And you must treat them like that. You must treat them like a gift. Hallelujah. How did, you, did you learn something this evening? Say, I receive from whom God has placed over my life to watch over me and to mature me in Christ. I receive from that. Hallelujah. Did you learn something this evening? Are you sure about that? All right, share with your neighbor what you learned. Glory to God.